What's up, guys? Welcome to another episode of the Man in the Arena podcast. Today, I am joined by Greg Bazo, a catcher at Northeastern University. We are currently sitting here in Tampa, Florida by the pool. So if you hear the wind gusts in the background, but this is awesome. Like we're out here, sun shining on us. We uh, got to lift this morning. Like I'm not really sure what else could could make this a better day. We got a game tonight against USF and um, traveling on the road. So, Bazo, I'll let you introduce yourself. Yeah, how you doing, guys? First of all, thanks, Jordy, for having me on. I'm really excited. And yeah, I'm so I'm a third year catcher, um, business finance major. And this podcast, like Jordy told me, will not only be about baseball, but also about life. So I'm really excited to, to get going. Yeah. So we're going to start off about, we're going to talk about Greg's high school um, journey kind of through athletics and through weight training, because I know you're big into that. And then we're going to go through um, a lot of stuff, his nutrition, his recovery, his mindset, um, his connections to his teammates, and then we're going to talk about um, kind of his hitting approach and his college process. I know he was a, for those who don't know, he was a transfer from LaSalle, which I didn't learn until uh, the spring last year, but we'll talk about that. Then we'll go through some other questions and end with a rapid fire round. So we'll start in your high school career. So um, just, you know, when, when did you start, like, knowing that you wanted to play college baseball, when was that an aspiration? Like, when did that begin? And then, um, like, did you play on any travel teams or anything like that throughout high school? Yeah, so I'll answer the second part first because it's just easier, quicker answer. Yeah, I played for Diamond Nation in Flemington, New Jersey, the D-Jacks. I played for them for six years, and they were always great to me. And it's sort of a good transition into when I realized I wanted to play college baseball was actually when my 15U coach sat me down and we had a hard, honest conversation. Because I was always skilled. I would say I was definitely gifted in baseball, but I didn't always have the work ethic that I, I would like to think I do now. So, yeah, like I said, we he sat me down and it wasn't an easy conversation. But honestly, from there, I realized, like, that is sort of what I want to do with my life. And baseball is an amazing thing. So when you say that, like, when you say that to me, that you were, you didn't always have that work ethic, I think that that's a thing that a lot of kids, like, mistaken, like, yeah. at, at a young age. Like, if you looked at me, and you were like, like, Jordy's, like, and I told you that I never, I didn't have the work ethic that I had now, you would be like, what the, like, yeah. right? Is that something, like, if, if, if I went up to a freshman and was like, yo, I was never like this, they would be like, like, what do you mean? Like, Jordy yeah. was always like that? Like, it's not something that... And it's crazy that you said that, too, because I feel like it's not something that you have to be born with. Obviously, some people are born with, like, good work ethic or, yeah. or they're raised that way. But it's something that you can work on and grow, like, through discipline is my feeling. Yeah. And is that, like, a similar experience to what you have had? Yeah. I mean, I just saw examples in my life, too, of how hard work pays off, honestly. And it's so cliche, but... I really do think that you can accomplish pretty much anything with hard work. Uh, I learned that from my dad. So, yes, I definitely developed that and I didn't always have it. But I also just looked at the examples. I looked at people that were better than me. I looked at people that were older than me, smarter than me. And I realized that they all have hard work in common. 
And going back to sort of touch on what you said, like, it's like almost like making the change. Like, people don't realize that you can honestly change, like, the way, your work habits and your work ethic. If it's something you can work on, you're not just born with it. Yeah. No, I like that. I like that. And I didn't really even start thinking about that until we're having this conversation. That's why we have conversations like this. That's why I kind of started this podcast so that we could dive deeper and I could learn from, from other guys on the team. Yeah. Um, did you play other positions other than catcher? Catchers, like, I feel like catcher is one of the positions to me, like, you start from a young age, but did you play other positions or how did that happen in high school? Honestly, yeah, no. It is. You're, you're right. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I got stuck back there. Yeah. Not even, I mean, I, I wanted to. My mom tells the story. Apparently, I was like eight years old, and my coach said, we need a catcher, and I just rose, rose my hand, and that's sort of all she wrote. So, yeah, no, I've been I've been catching forever. Okay. And um, did you play other sports in high school? I played basketball. No, not in high school. I played basketball up until high school, though. Love basketball. Yeah. But then, yeah. Did, so, do you feel like – I asked this question to a lot of baseball players. Um, I was a three-sport athlete in high school. Did you feel like – basketball in your case because you only played basketball did you feel like that helped you at all in your your baseball performance or athletic ability yeah and this is something i can sort of dive into and i know you said we'll talk about uh workout routines and all that more excuse me but although i didn't play three sports in high school i was always active with my friends and like we were always playing pickup basketball we were always tossing around the football running routes and stuff like that and I get it. It's not the same intensity as a high school practice, but I do think all of that actually really did help. And it's something that I found I didn't do as much of when I get to college because you have sort of different priorities. I mean, you're trying to make new friends. You're just meeting guys. You're trying to adjust to this whole new lifestyle basically on your own. But actually, it wasn't until like last year and this year where I started enjoying college the most is where those little things sort of started coming back. And I've seen it translate into my performance on the field, whether that's going to shoot hoops at our Marino Center on campus or just throwing the football around Carter Field, our turf facilities with some of the guys. Like, I think that stuff is is actually really important. And I know I, we'll, we'll, delve, we'll dive a little bit deeper into that with the workout part of uh, the podcast. But. Yeah, well, my, my next question was was lifting for, for those who don't know your physique or who haven't seen you, you're pretty fucking big guy and we can also swear on this so it's all right but uh um yeah i mean you're a pretty big guy like you lift a lot of weight and um that like that's something i'm obviously trying to do but when did you start lifting and how have you seen lifting impact your performance and not only like your performance but this is a big thing that i think a lot of kids don't understand um is also your health like your your i'd say not getting injured as much like because of lifting yeah. at, at least what i've seen have, have you seen that as you lift and get stronger you become injured less and less obviously there's some freak stuff that's going to happen but yeah but along those lines no yeah i'm a huge believer in, and this is scientifically proven stuff that the more muscle mass you have the less likely you are to get injured and the quicker you're going to recover from those little like dinks and little pains that you're going to get especially when you play 50, 60 games in a college baseball season. So, uh, yeah, I, honestly, I, I mean, I fell in love with working out. Honestly, after that talk, after that talk I had with my 15-year baseball coach, because I wasn't always, again, I wasn't always, we talked about the work ethic piece. I didn't always have the physique I have now. 
I didn't always lift the weight I did now. I used to be, I was 146 pounds going into high school, and I was, I've been up to 215 pounds in college. So, yeah, that's really when I started lifting, probably around 15, and, uh, and it's awesome. Uh, I don't know, actually, this is something I want to ask you, too, like, I want to know if, if you agree with this, but in high school, I lifted way different than I did in, than I do in college, uh, me, like, what I mean by that is, I could do a lot more in high school, (laughs) like, it's, it's pretty, like, when you, as you get older, I mean, I know I'm not too old, but I really did feel in college the difference of, like, my body almost stiffening up, especially, College practices are a lot more strenuous, and uh, and there's other factors too in your life. You're, you're just more stressed out, which which leaves you tighter. But I, I could I feel like I could do a lot more reps and a lot more sets in high school almost. And then I had to. That was also part of the adjustment when I got to college was the lifting portion, which was kind of unexpected for me because it's always been like my thing, get in the weight room. But I've had to adjust in college. I don't know. Have you have you had that same same thing? Yeah, in, in high school, I started lifting, like, my senior year, um, and I, I was, like, all on machines. Like, I did a shit ton of stuff on machines, and I and I never really felt that sore, probably because I wasn't lifting that much weight either. Yeah. Um, and I didn't really get into it until college, like, lifting heavier and heavier, and, um, yeah, I feel, I feel like I need to take more of a priority on recovery and making sure my body is ready to go, like, warm up first and recovery after like there's more into it for sure as I get older and obviously I'm almost 24 years old now so I'm you know older for the college for the college uh baseball player but um I still feel better like my body and I feel better and more flexible and more recovered than I ever have so I understand like the the younger guys saying like or when I was younger I thought I would never um have to do anything because I was always so so ready yeah. to go. Like I felt like I was good to go, yeah, especially like you, freshman year. Yeah, you can hop in the gym and yeah, you, you don't just have going. to stretch. You, you can just you can just go. And I I don't feel like that anymore. I think I still could, but I think more now. I know that I'm gonna get a better gym session if my heart rate's up and I'm sweating a little bit before I get in there. Yeah. That's so so I think that that's why I get more warm up now. I still think I could go in there and just get it done. Yeah. Um, but I feel better after and recovery wise if i warm up properly then lift and then recover properly so yeah, that, that's like that's point. yeah that's what i think and that's what i've seen as i've gone through college and especially even like i'm one to overdo it like i'm yeah one so am i you and i are similar like that we're, we're ones to overdo it so making sure that we're underdoing it because i think our mindsets is like well we gotta we gotta go we gotta like lift yeah, all this weight we don't absolutely everybody. have to but sometimes it, it's fun to just do that. So, yeah. and, but, but it's uh, also yeah. good to dial it back, like you were right. saying. And that's a good point, too. It's So, like, I, I think this could also, and this is the first time I'm thinking about this, is I think it also ties into the college schedule and everything, and you living on your own, and, and it all factors into recovery. And I know that might be your next topic, so this might be a good transition. So, recovery is kind of different honestly like when when you get to college is basically what we're saying and I think that warm-up piece is something I've added as well as I've in my second and third year of college and you're right it probably ends up that is probably what ends up not allowing me to be as sore the next day or or two days after 
is properly warming up and properly uh, deloading, or what do you what do you call it? Uh, properly cooling down after yeah. after a lift. Yeah. So I think those two things make a big difference, especially when we talk about how crazy a college schedule is. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, this is good moving into recovery work. Like I think that there's a stigma around you can't be like so strong and flexible at the same time. But like it, I, this is more of a question and kind of a statement is as I've like become bigger and stronger, I still feel I'm the most flexible I've ever been because I prioritize the the yoga and the meditation after to be able to like handle the stress that I put on my body and de-stress the body and. Um, is that something that you've found and like have you recently put a emphasis on recovery is that something that's always been there or you know going to that kind of stuff yeah i mean like i said no yeah it's been a process honestly learning about recovery and in high school i didn't really have to do much to be honest my body was always you know ready to go and i just really never got that sore and if i did it would only last a day but uh you know, so exploring, like, new means of recovery has been big for me. I think it's all about a balance. I know we talk about in the program a lot about a balance of lifting the heavy weight and doing some means of recovery. Like, meditation and yoga are huge. Uh, yoga, especially for me, has been really, really awesome. I mean, this year, I know we do it almost after, we do it pretty much after every lift, which, which I've been loving. And I think that having that balance does allow you to lift the heavy weight and at the same time keep your range of motion and flexibility it's you can have both it's definitely it's hard it's not impossible and my, and my recommendation would be don't overcomplicate it pick something you like like yoga or, or write yourself out a 15 minute stretching routine and do that every day don't, don't try to do a thousand different recovery if you're lifting heavy don't try to do a thousand different things and, and 10 different ways to recover and pick something you like and stick to it. I think consistency is what honestly gets that range of motion and that recovery anyway. Yeah, and what you're saying is, I mean, you want to be able, if you want to get stronger too, you want to be in the gym and lifting as, you know, as much as your body can handle. And if you don't recover, you're not going to be able to get back in the gym as much as you like. So if you can yeah. recover, you can, and you feel good every single day, you can be in there and, and pushing it and then making sure that you have that proper recovery after and that's the fucking worst, too. When, when you want to get in the gym and, and you get in there and, and, and you own, you're, like, held back by your own limits, by your own body. Yeah. It's like it's 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 something that you can try to push through, but at the same time, it could be dangerous. Like, recovery is just so huge. I mean, honestly, I've learned about that in the past couple of years. Just, yeah, just the past two years for me, like, as soon as I became a grad student, I saw the changes to my mental performance, physical performance because of that recovery. So it's, it hasn't been, again, like... Uh, you know, if, if you're 15 years old and thinking that I've always been like this, it's, it's been very recently. Like, it's only been a year or two, and I'm 24, so. Um, moving on. This one I'm, like, kind of excited to get into because I haven't really got into it with anyone else because I know we have... doesn't need to be similar views because I don't mind if people have other views and we, we debate about it, but um, can you talk a little bit about, like, how your nutrition has changed and how that plays a role in baseball and, and could, for me, my nutrition even plays a role outside of baseball, like just how I feel in, in life in general. Could you yeah. talk a little bit into that and maybe we can talk a little bit about that? Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, 
Uh, obviously, the trend right now is the carnivore diet. Uh, I know you're a fan of the carnivore diet. I am too, honestly. I do it very loosely, though. I know you 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 probably you're definitely hard, more hardcore than I am with it, which is awesome. Uh, I love the diet. I love what it brings. Uh, that's been my recent, honestly, add to my uh, to my beliefs about nutrition. I started this summer. We had summer ball. We had a grill. We'd show up in the field four hours early. We'd cook some steaks on the grill. We'd, we'd do a little cookout before the game and stuff. And, and now with my own kitchen in my room at, at school this year, I'm making steaks and salmon pretty much whenever I can. Eat a lot of eggs. Uh, I'm not someone who tracks my calories, but I know people do and I know it helps. I'm not, do, you, do you track your calories or no? No, I'm, and I'm not against it. But, yeah. again, yeah. learning nutrition and learning the things I have, I feel like my body is smarter than anything that I can tell. Like, I think a lot of things that when I think about nutrition or anything in general, I think that um, just being able to let your body do what it knows how to do is really important. So, um, yeah, so I think that when there's never been a time where I track calories or anything like that. Um, yeah, me neither. So I just eat until I'm hungry, or eat until I'm full. Like when I'm hungry, I'll eat and eat satiating foods, like yeah. whole foods, steak. Like I'm not a, again, I don't have a lot of money, so most of it isn't steak. Like sometimes it's chicken, pork, just any type of protein, like based around that. And I'll just eat until I'm not hungry, and yeah. then my body knows what to do. And sometimes, like I actually recently like fasted for 24 hours. Just to like reset my oh, wow. my system, yeah. and it felt good too. Like I actually found that once I was past the, the hungry point, once you get past like that thirty minutes of I'm so hungry I can't, like I have to eat. Yeah, you feel fine. Well, I got a question yeah. about that. How many times did you hit that hungry point? Honestly, probably like once or twice. Okay. Yeah, and, and then I woke up in the morning and it was a normal day. But yeah. my body felt like reset, and I, when you take that break and let your digestive system just reset and you're not always putting pressure on it i feel like that's something that at least helped me i only did it once so again i'm going to try it again and see if i can well i'll do like 48 hours next time or something yeah. along those lines yeah. but yeah um I, and again that's i don't awesome. i don't follow the carnivore diet like crazy close yeah um yeah. i do more like an animal-based diet like i have fruit and i have vegetables so yeah so i'm the same way yeah, i'm the same way i'd say a whole food diet is what i'm on and i don't even think it's a fucking diet like i don't yeah. like calling shit diet because like it's what you like to eat yeah bro and somebody like somebody will come up to you what i think is crazy about like food in general like nowadays is like somebody comes up to you and is like oh dude like what crazy new diet are you i'm like dude i'm i'm eating pro i'm eating uh ground beef rice and broccoli like yeah, that that's not a diet, diet. That's <laughs> that just, should, yeah i'm just eating like actual like like food like that's yeah, like actual eating food. real food right like non-processed food like yeah. and it's crazy it's like that's not normal to people like yeah. people, people are like what like is this due to health freak it's I'm like, true no, it's like, true i mean even the whole carnivore diet i can't believe i mean i get that there's some people that take it to the extremes right and i get there's gonna be judgment there <laughs> but with guys like me and you i mean you couldn't be more right it's like people still look at even me i mean it's like i'm eating i i get Three patties with no bread and rice at our dining hall. I'll get three beef patties with rice. 
and I'd be getting looks. I'm like, what are you looking at? It's just ground beef and rice. <laughs> yeah, and they're like, the yeah. strongest men in the world have ate this for hundreds of years. Yeah. And you and you have whatever on your yeah, plate. Yeah, you got I the mean, you got the the pasta with yeah. some sauce that's cooked with inflammatory seed oils or <laughs> something along those lines. Not to hate on anybody, you can do what you want, eat what you want, but like yeah, it's yeah. been kept in a bag. Process that's been kept in a bag, <laughs> shipped from China for for that's, five years. Yeah, yeah. eating really well. <laughs> yeah, uh, no, I definitely think I've seen that lately um, as I kind of change my nutrition and yeah. Um, but have you seen back to, like have you seen that that nutrition impact your life and impact baseball? Yeah, honestly, I think it. I mean, it ties back into the recovery piece for sure. I think it helps my body. Uh, just, uh, yeah, I mean, I think it helps you recover. I, I don't know. I mean, I don't know the exact science, but I know that whatever's going on inside my body yeah. after I eat those foods is good. <laughs> and, and honestly, like sometimes who cares about the science? Like, yeah, like a lot of things like true because, because the science does come up sometimes and I'm not sure how correct this is or not. I know that there's studies on both sides about cholesterol and like, um, like heart disease and stuff like that associated with red meat. Yeah. And both sides, one side, the carnivore side, it says that's untrue. The vegan side says that it is true. Yeah. But like, if my body's feeling so good, how is that bad? I, I, like, I have a hard time understanding how that's bad. Yeah. For me well, it's body. not. That's right. That's what I mean. Yeah. Yeah. So, no, I'm, re- I'm really psyched that we just like at least dove into that a little bit. And yeah. I'm sure we'll have you on, hopefully we'll have you on multiple podcasts and come back to it. Um, but I'm going to move on to like kind of mindset stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so like w- when, when I think about you, I think of you as having a growth mindset cause you're always looking to kind of find the next way to get better or, or find an advantage a little bit. So can you talk about like if that mindset has always been there, which I'm assuming it hasn't been. And then secondly, or, um, like what is your, what is your mindset with? Yeah, honestly, my, my approach to life, baseball, kind of anything I do is like, and I don't want to, I don't want this term to sound loose, but I like to have fun and fun doesn't, but like some people, I think yeah, Jordy's got to have fun bracelet on, but I think him and I will agree. And I think he's really, I think you're about to like what I say. Fun is not a loose word. Fun isn't do whatever you want and just and have 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 a mindless approach to things no have fun is take advantage of every single situation you're in because it's honestly just a blessing that you're there in the first place and we're so lucky to be doing what we're doing that it it is your fault if you're not making the best of every situation uh and again like like i said that's how i approach life baseball um, I don't know. What do you, what do you, is, is that similar to your mindset? I've, I've kind of always had that mindset actually though. I mean, that's kind of how I was raised is just to be grateful, honestly. Yeah. I don't, I definitely haven't always had that mindset and I've definitely worked on growing my mindset like the last couple years, but recently, yeah, my mindset is just, so actually my big, the, the mindset that I think about the most and the things I think about the most are. Whatever, like, however you do something, whether it's in baseball or not, is going to be, like, one. So, to me, my, like, identity is as a baseball player. Like, a big chunk of my identity is as a baseball player. Yeah, for um, sure. But as I've matured and grown, like, I see that whatever I do inside of baseball, that's how I'm going to act outside of baseball. And whatever I do outside of baseball, that's how I'm going to 
uh, act inside of baseball. So, for instance, like, if I see if I see a pretty girl and I want to go talk to her and I'm scared, and I'm scared on the mound, like, how am I going to react? Yeah. So I need to get yeah. I need to get this done here so that when I – because there is no on and off switch. It's, it's always – you're always your subconscious you're, mind is always you're right. always building, so yeah. you need to be able to 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 do things that are scary outside of baseball, so that you can perform inside of baseball. So I feel yeah. like baseball 100%. and life are really interconnected. Yeah. Um, to me, so that's kind of that's what I would say my mindset is. Yeah. And it, yeah, and, and you use the term scary. It's not even it, it, there's it's that not. that's for. It's a lizard brain scary, but it's not actually scary. Scary situations. It's exciting situations. It's, it's how you go about those. It's all connected. It doesn't have to be just a scary situation in life. If you have an exciting situation in front of you in life, yeah. it's also about what you do. It's how you respond, and that's also how you respond on the baseball field. And I agree completely, and I think that all has to do with the subconscious mind. How you react to one thing is how you react to the same thing later. Yeah. You know? Yeah, 100%. no, I agree. Um, and then because you're a catcher, I want to talk about like how you build pitcher and catcher, um, chemistry. And obviously it's hard in college baseball because you're, you're catching like eight different guys and there's guys coming and leaving every year. So how do you build chemistry with the pitchers and, and how important is that? Yeah, I, I, this is, I, I, I love talking about this. I mean, I mean, pitchers basically provide me with my job. So, I mean, it's all about it's all about them. And I got made fun of for it coming in as a freshman, but it's one example of, of just the communication piece that's so important between pitcher and catcher is I DM'd every single pitcher on our Northeastern baseball. This is something actually that you definitely don't know. I DM'd every single pitcher on the staff, and I was a transfer, so I was scared, but I did it. I DM'd every pitcher on the staff, Hey, how are you? I'm really excited to play with you. I'm really excited to serve you. All things like that. And like I said, that is the communication piece, and the communication is what's so big. You have to understand each other as a pitcher and catcher. You've got to know what each other like, and you got to have the hard conversations. you got to know what each other, what what you and, and him don't like, you know, that you do, that he does. And it's got to be a two-way street of communication, I think, is the biggest thing. Yeah, no, I actually didn't know that about you. That's actually like, that's sick. Like, I think it's easy to be looked at, like if, if you're not on the same wave or frequency, like you definitely can look at that and be like, like that's weird. Like, why would somebody do that? Or yeah, um, yeah, exactly. Yeah, so that's that's awesome. I think that's a good. That's, yeah, that's I mean, awesome. I gotta get to know guys exactly. You know, I, I mean, that's another thing. I'm coming in. And that's something we haven't talked about yet, the whole process piece with me transferring and everything. That was something I felt like, honestly, I, mean, I gained a lot of friends from that. People knew who I was right when I stepped on campus because of that. I didn't know anyone coming up here. So, I mean, also pitchers are your best friend as a catcher. I mean, I think that's what I'm getting at. That's another thing. You know, I mean, and, and most most of my best friends on the team right now, too, it's the same thing. It's a lot of, a lot of them are pitchers just because we spend so much time together. Yeah. Well, do you want to talk about a little bit of that uh, transfer process and, and kind of how you found Northeastern out of LaSalle? Well, yeah. I mean, it was just crazy. It was COVID, so it was crazy times. Uh, LaSalle canceled their program in the fall of 2020, which was going to be my freshman year in college. Uh, in the fall, we never actually got on campus at LaSalle. Uh, 
COVID, we all we, we stayed home. They didn't let us. They didn't let us on campus just because of COVID reasons, obviously. Uh, and then, yeah, about a month or two into school, they they got all the athletes on a Zoom and they cut about seven programs, baseball being uh, being one of them. And uh, after that, I, I mean, I kind of just I called everybody. I, I mean, I just I was kind of in a little bit of a panic. Uh, called called recruiters, called my old coaches, and, and just had everyone I, I knew under the sun reach out for me. And and thank God, like I mean, <laughs> hopefully this podcast blows up, which I believe in you. I believe it will, and I hope all my coaches one day hear this. <laughs> they mean everything to me, and I, I wouldn't I wouldn't be in the spot I am today without them because they did all the hard work, they did all the vouching for me, and and they trusted me. Uh, and and that's basically it. I mean. They ended up reaching out to Northeastern, which was one of the connections they had. And Coach Puccio had seen me before, and he liked me. And, and so that's kind of just how it all went down. And, and, I, and I ended up here, and, and, and it's a, it was a blessing in disguise because I love it. Yeah, I, and I think, like, the world works in crazy ways or the universe works in crazy ways. And, like, somehow I ended up here, too. Like, I was originally going to the University of Richmond, and then I ended up here. Um, Wait a minute. I didn't know. You yeah. were originally Richmond. Yeah, so for the, I mean, for the listeners who haven't heard this, I touched upon it in earlier podcasts, but um, I was committed to Richmond in the fall of my senior year because I didn't think, nobody else was reaching out. I wasn't like a crazy, great Fabson baseball player. Like, I was okay, but I was never like... He's being humble. No, I, I, like, actually, like, junior year, I was not, like, sophomore year, I was good, but I was never, like, nasty. So, so... Like, nobody reached out. I only had Richmond committed there and then had a really good senior season. Yeah. Um, but never really wanted to go to Richmond. I just didn't have any other options. So, yeah. um, decommitted from Richmond and then found Northeastern, like, last second and, and got in, like, June. And, and then I showed up. But that's kind of how my baseball career's always going. Like, I've got, got into these programs that have just, that like, it's what I needed. Like, and it's maybe not what I wanted at the moment, but it's it just is perfect, and it, yeah. it worked out the way it exactly needed to. Um, so yeah. so yeah. Um, and then what's what's your mentality at the plate? Because you're a hitter, I'm not really big. I don't know much about hitting. So what are you thinking when you get to the plate? And then uh, what's like the hardest pitch to hit for you, and why? Yeah, that's a good question. So my my only approach, I've tried to make it really simple. I mean, that's what I've learned over the, especially the past couple of years, being a college hitter, it's all about simplicity, and there's a time for mechanics, and, and there's a time for approach, and, and in-game, it's all about approach, it's just making it as simple as you can for me, and hunting a fastball, that's really what my approach is, uh, I had a great coach tell me once that you have, if you get three at-bats in the game, you really hit six, because you got to take advantage of that on-deck circle. That on-deck circle is when you get your timing down, and it's when you can think a little bit more uh, how things should feel, how things should look, and uh, and your plan. But as soon as you step in that box, I call it turning on compete mode. It's just like you, it's just you and the pitcher, and all my only focus, my only focus is on just seeing that ball as early as I can out of his hand and seeing and seeing the fastball. Uh, I'm, I'm pumping fastball particularly outer half, and, uh, and then if he throws an off-speed, it's, it's very easy to recognize because if you think about it, it makes sense. You're prepared for something that should be coming a lot harder and straighter, and so as soon as they throw that off-speed and, and it 
you're really looking for a fastball early out of the hand, you're going to be able to see either a pop or you're going to be able to see that break really well and be able to either swing at a hanger or, or, or spit on one in the dirt. Yep. Awesome. Well, that's, I like that you took a simple approach because that's kind of how I go about pitching, just pounding the zone and making the guy hit it. Like I tried to simplify things, and I really struggled freshman year in college because I tried to overcomplicate a lot of things. Yeah. And the more simple it gets, the easier it gets for me, at least in – you played a few times last year yeah. um, here and there. wasn't like you were starting every day, but yeah. at least in this young season we have now, you're one of our go-to catchers. Like, you've been playing a lot more. How did you handle uh, last year not playing or and, and having failure? Quite honestly, like, you failed, like, as yeah. we all do. You, yeah. you had failure, and how did you handle that and, and move forward so that you could become what you are now? Yeah, I think it's honestly – just continuing to trust the development piece and making things simple. Uh, I know we talked about mindset and, and everything's kind of been tied into each other. And, but one thing I really want to touch on is, is just overcomplication. Uh, I think it's something that young hard workers struggle with a lot, if that makes sense. Uh, you try, it's almost like you try to do too much. You try to do five things at once. You overcomplicate things. When in reality, it's like, you can work hard and be simple at the same time. So that's sort of what's helped me a lot, not overcomplicating things, making things as simple as possible. For example, my approach and my approach defensively, honestly. I know defensively has always kind of been like where, where my game has, has had its strength. But again, uh, and, and, and yeah, but it's like really just simplifying things, dumbing them down, catch the ball and hit the fastball. I mean, that's kind of really... And, and then another piece, obviously, the last year was I was just trying to have fun with everything. I mean, even BP, once I, once I kind of knew, you kind of know if you're playing or not. So once I knew I wasn't playing that day, I, I, would, I would have fun in my BP rounds. I would try to hit the ball as hard as possible and just take advantage of the opportunity I was given that I was even traveling. I knew there were some kids that weren't. So I don't know. I just wanted to make the most of everything. And, and I kept that mindset even through failure, which I think ultimately got me out of failure. Yeah. And, and like you said, like having fun is a big thing. And that's something that I try to do every day. And I, I think I lost that when I got to college baseball because I forgot who I was and why I started playing. But then yeah. when I started to realize, like, you know, why I'm playing baseball and, like, becoming grateful for that, I, I think the fun – was exponentially higher and <coughs> performance was exponentially higher too. Um, yeah, I think, I think too. I mean, you and I both know, I, I don't know if you've talked about this on the podcast, but last year was kind of a rough year for the program. I mean, we ended up on paper doing well, but I, we all know, I think in the locker room and things that we, we just, we just wanted to make a lot better. And I think it's important, like guys like you and me, and, the, and I know a, a Basically, uh, everyone else that's still on the team that just took, I think, really just took the approach that approach because there was failure for everybody last year, and I think we all kind of realized that we got to make the most of it right now. And at the same time, now we're going to work hard. We're going to do it. We're going to do things differently so so that those things don't happen again. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I've I've seen. I can't speak for everybody, but for the most part, everyone's having a good time at the ballpark and. Everyone's on the team is in a in a good place, like baseball wise. Even when we're failing, it seems that we're having fun. So I think that you know we're in a good place right now. We obviously need to keep going, but yeah. So that kind of wraps up our baseball talk for the day. Yeah. We'll, we'll kind of steer away and 
go towards life and we got 36 minutes done so we'll we'll try to go another five or ten minutes so I'll, I'll, I'll wrap things up here but uh just a couple quick questions what's your favorite thing about traveling like yeah. yeah honestly just being with the guys i mean like again cliche response but it's the truth i mean it's just it's just a lot of fun some we got some goofballs on the team and uh we'd like to spend time with each other so yeah it's awesome yeah and, and we know everybody quickly what's your favorite food steak yeah fire. <laughs> um and then last question oh i was going to talk about um just being afraid to be different um i think that that's something that I've grown with throughout my life. Um, yeah. I used to like always want to fit in, and I was always different. like I always did. I always did different things than everybody else, even in high school and even in college. But even now, becoming more different, I, I actually like embrace that and like that because I don't want to be like everyone else. And I feel like when we're when I'm like everybody else, especially the way things are going, maybe in this country or in society, I don't really want to be on the side of the majority. So something that stood out to me was you're always you know, you're not afraid to be different. You're not afraid to go up and say, hey, what up to whoever um, and, and just be friendly. So has that ever like come across your mind being different and, and things like that? And yeah, honestly, it's something that I mean, I still really struggle with sometimes because it's not easy. Like, I, and I do kind of recognize that I'm I'm different than than a lot of like people. Like, I, I feel like I have a different personality than than a lot of people. But in like the most like. I mean, I'm confident about it, but I, I hope it doesn't sound arrogant. Like, I really, I really love the way I am, and I enjoy myself. I don't want to change, you know. And I, I like, kind of like you said, I like being different, and, and it's my kind of different, you know. And I think that's how I like that, that people know me that way. Yeah, I, and I think, I think it's sad that it, it to me it doesn't come off as arrogant, but I think that if it does. That's sad to think of it that way because it's really you're just unique and you're you're truly being yourself. Like, and I feel like meditation and breathing practices or whatever you do, at least that's helped me get to more closer to myself. Yeah. So I feel like when we're each unique, we bring a different energy and vibe to the table that is needed. Yeah. Because if we're all the same, how the fuck are we going to figure anything out? Like, yeah. we need different vibes and energy to to get solutions and to move forward yeah. so um well yeah, yeah so yeah that actually came out uh, a lot smoother coming out yeah than it did in my head all right rapid fire now this is the most fun part i'm just gonna say it's the funnest part even though that's not a word <laughs> all, right. all right let's do it favorite book favorite book is uh unstoppable or no i'm sorry Relentless, Relentless by Tim Grover. By Tim Grover That's your yes, fire, bro. You yeah. should definitely read Unstoppable that. is his other book, right, or something like that. I think he has winning. the second book. He has winning. Winning. Okay, I'm sorry. Yeah. So those no. two are Relentless. Those are both gas. Yeah. Um. Favorite memory from baseball. Hitting a three run or a grand slam in the county semifinal my junior uh-huh. year. And then favorite memory from outside of baseball, if you have one. Favorite memory from outside of baseball? Probably riding the jet skis with my buddy Jay Harry down in uh, down on the Jersey Shore. Okay. And have you ever been in flow state? And if you have, describe it. Yeah, I was in flow state for my championship of the summer uh, for my championship game in Summer Bowl. Uh, there was about seven thousand people there in Burlington, Vermont, watching the game. And, I don't think I heard a single one of them BT. the whole entire time. Yeah, VT, repping for my guy right here. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, 
Uh, I don't. I haven't looked into the flow state too much, okay. to be honest. Yeah. But if there is a flow state, I know for damn sure I was in it that what night. Did you, what were you feeling? What were you feeling? I mean, I, like I said, there were seven thousand people in the stadium. I didn't hear a fucking yeah, word. I didn't hear a thing. You were in the flow state. Yeah, I was fucking room. locked in. Um, what's something uncomfortable that you want to start doing in order to grow? That's a great question. Uh, I want to unlock, uh, without overcomplicating things, I want to unlock the ability to do more in a singular day and do different tasks. Do So there's a 40% rule. Usually you can do 40% more of what you think you can. I want to kind of tap into that 40% as much as possible. And I haven't, I should create a better plan about how to do it, whether it's reading a book, going on a walk, doing school work, doing different things, but increasing my capacity basically per day. I think that. Well, this morning I came out here a little bit late, actually. It was like 7.45 or 8. And I got some, got some morning sunlight, read by the pool, did like some Wim Hof method, bro. Yeah. So if you want to start doing that in the mornings, that shit's fucking sick. That's so awesome. we, we can start doing that. But uh, most valued non-material possession. So can't hold it, but it's a possession. Could be your something, a thought, like a relationship, something along those lines. The relationship I have with my family. Yeah. Because uh, we have, I have a huge family. Probably like Italian. Family. Yeah, it's a cute, big Italian family. And we all live like within half an hour of each other yeah. in New Jersey, so. Yeah, that shit's fire. Yeah. Family's family's awesome, and family's important. Yeah. And I've de- I've seen your parents at the game, and it, it's cool that they come down and get to watch you do what you do. Yeah. Um, something that you often forget you're grateful for. I know that you're centered around gratefulness, but is there something that you forget you're grateful for? Like, honestly, at the same time, my family. You know, it's tough with our with our crazy schedules. I always talk to everybody, and like I said, I got a lot of family members, so it's tough. It's almost like you feel bad sometimes, but. Uh, but yeah, for sure. I'm, I'm, I'm forever grateful for them. Even if I get mad at them or if I don't show it sometimes or if I don't talk to them for a little bit, but I, I will be forever grateful for my family. Yeah. Last question. Um, what is advice that you give to your five-year-old self? Can be life. Doesn't have to be baseball. Could be. Don't overcomplicate things. I'll just bring it back to that because I think it is truly that important. Don't overcomplicate things. Work hard, but make it simple. Yeah. All right. Well. Hopefully this this is definitely being recorded. I can see it on in front of me on my computer, but I'm hoping that the quality is okay with the wind, and I'm also hoping that uh, you got all of our conversation. If not, we can redo it because it's nice to have conversations like this anyways. But um, thank you for coming on, and I, I hope you learned something because I did, and it was, it's cool to be able to you know go through the season and and record our thoughts and our ideas and yeah so thanks for coming on thanks for having me jory this was this was great all right everybody see you next episode